0: This is the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Dominic. Welcome to Elevate, the student ministry of Living Word Church, where we exist to exalt Christ, make disciples, and equip the saints. Thank you for sharing some of your time with us today. May it elevate Jesus and encourage you. Let's get started. What's up, Elevate? All right, so we have a tradition at Elevate every week. We remind ourselves of why we're here. I'll say elevate, you say Jesus. Elevate! Jesus! Elevate! Jesus! Man, you guys are on fire. Welcome to the show tonight. It's going to be spectacular. We have some incredible acts. We have talent. We have humor. We have gymnastics. We have cringeworthy stuff. It's all going to be a blast. But before we get started, uh, if we could just bring the music down for a second. Uh, I, want to, I want to focus in of why we're actually here tonight. And it might be for the fun, it might be for everything, but elevates one purpose is to elevate Jesus. So if I could just have a few minutes of your time before we kick this thing off, I just want to celebrate the God that we worship tonight. And I want to open with discussing about who God is. If I was to say, who is God? Actually, let's change this around. What if a coworker asked you, who is God? How would you respond to that? If you're at school, man, I know you're one of those, those churchy people. Who is God? How would you respond to that? What would be some of the things that would go through your mind? How would you formulate your answer? Well, here's some of, some of the reflections that I'd like to share. First of all, God is infinite. God is perfect. And God is unchanging. And he has many attributes. And what's beautiful about God is that every one of his attributes are perfect and infinite, and unchanging. And yet his attributes are not something that are not of himself. Think about of a candle. A candle has heat, but heat is already its own thing, and a candle has a little. And yet all of God's attributes are of God himself. It is not like there is this force called justice, and God has a whole lot of it. It is that justice comes from God. He is the supreme source of all justice. God is love. He is perfect love. He is infinite love. He is unchanging love. He is also truth and goodness. He is wrath and holiness, justice, mercy, kindness, and so much more. And all of these things emanate from him. They are who he is and they are the source. He is the source of them. And there is no attribute in him that is more than any other attribute. Even the best of us, if we wake up early, before our first cup of coffee, we may be a little you know, short-tempered. Maybe if you think about you know, someone that you know, maybe your boss, you might think of him as one quality greater than another. Maybe he's harsh or he's cheery. But in God, all of his attributes are infinite and perfect and unchanging. His attributes don't have changing degrees. He's not more love today and then more wrath tomorrow. Some of us could be really angry at someone in customer service today, and tomorrow we'll be really excited when we hear good news. And a lot of people think that God is this strict God in the Old Testament, and He's this gracious God in the New Testament, and yet His grace and His wrath are perfect They are perfectly entwined in harmony with one another. God is also one. All of his attributes, they sound like different parts. In our human language, we describe them as different things, and yet God is one. All of his attributes are a single attribute. They are his godness. His sovereignty operates through all of his attributes. Everything that God does, all of his attributes are together in. I love what A.W. Tozer says. He says, see if you can follow this. All of God does all that God does. When he created, he did it through all of his attributes. When he called Abraham, set Israel free from Egypt. When he appointed King David. When he protected Esther and her people. All of God's attributes were present and at work. But now who are we? If this is who God is, who are we? I've got a little girl who's now four and a son who right now is three. They're two of five. And a year ago, she was three, he was two, and her name was Nadia. And one day, I hear this screeching sound coming from the other room. And when I ran into the room, Nadia is behind Silas, and she has her arms around his neck, She has her legs around his waist. She's arching her back and stretching his body like some sort of jujitsu move. And he's turning red. He's not breathing. And I'm like, stop, stop. And I'm pulling her off and I'm sort of like, high five, that was awesome. Don't ever do this again. At our core, as beautiful, innocent children, they have a tendency to be selfish and even a little bit cruel. And I think this is what William Golding was getting across when he wrote his book Lord of the Flies. You take a whole bunch of innocent kids, you drop them off without supervision, and what comes out of the human nature is evil. It's harsh. These innocent kids at the beginning of the book are murdering by the end of the book. Who are we? Romans 7, 18-20, Paul writes, and he says this, "...for I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh." For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil that I do not want to do is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it. But sin dwells within me. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then Paul answers his own question. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus, free from the law of sin and death. We are born sinners. There is nothing but sin in us. Everything in us has a tendency to to degrade, to be harsh. My little kids are at the table spitting at each other. They're mean. They make fun of each other. They're innocent. And yet they're not innocent. What comes out of them is evil. My kids need Jesus. This description in Romans seven could be summed up in these words: We're totally depraved from our inside out. Our selfish nature, and out of our selfish nature, we defy God's authority, and He has nothing but wrath and just punishment for us. And it gets even more critical. Those who recognize our selfishness, we're like, "Oh man, we got to get this right." It's like we're muddy, but we have filthy hands. We're trying to clean mud off, only making ourselves worse. And we come up with things. We're like, maybe if we do enough good stuff, we can get right. We say things like, if I can just kick this bad habit. If I just go to church more. If I donate to charity. If I do one good deed a day. If I can hold in my anger. If I can convince everyone I'm a great person. I can work my way into God liking me. But the sin nature is in us. Think about a carpenter. He could be the greatest, greatest carpenter in the world. He could be able to fashion this gorgeous table full of intricate design. But if he's working with rotted wood, at the end of his project, it will still be rotted. And so here we are. Every self-help book ever written is written about rotted wood. That's us. Oh, wretched man. Oh, wretched woman. Oh, sinful humans that we are? Who can deliver us from this body of death? And when our hearts, when our nature is compared to God, we're found totally lacking. And we are compared to God. Isaiah 64, 6, but we are like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness is nothing more than filthy rags. The word righteousness in the Old Testament means equal, balance. Think about Justice, Lady justice with the balanced scales. That's what righteousness means. It's a word of justice. And the word iniquity, sin in the Old Testament, if you see the word iniquity, it means unequal. Iniquity, unequal. And what are we being compared to? What are we equal or unequal to? Those attributes of God. God's incredible, infinite, unchanging, perfect attributes. That's what we're being compared to. We're hopeless. We have nothing in and of ourselves. In and of ourselves. And it's in this crushing reality that Paul writes it. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me? But God. From his holiness. From his holiness to eradicate sin. And with a word, he could erase all sin and us with it. gone. But he loves us. And our Father who loves us, who created us, created us to know Him, to love Him, to have a relationship with Him, to worship Him. And here we are, blind in our sin. We're so stuck in our sin that we don't even know we need help, because we're so blind. And it's here that, that Paul also speaks to us about God's justice and His love. For God shows His love for us, that while we were still sinners, blind, hopeless, wretched. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him, he didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through Jesus Christ that he would save it. All of God's attributes, namely, think about his love and his wrath, they are perfectly poured out at the cross. That Jesus would endure and carry the very wrath of God out of his great love for his people. And so these two things are not oil and water. They're not contradictory. They are perfect and perfectly expressed at the cross. And so if you're in this room and you haven't called on Jesus to be your Savior, I challenge you. Surrender to him. Repent of your sin. Turn to a God whose scales you can never live up to. Surrender your sin and live for Him out of love for His death for you. Because He didn't just die. He rose again. It's what seals Christianity above every other faith is that every other faith, every other religion has a prophet who's still in a grave somewhere. And whenever Jesus rose from the grave, everything He said was validated as perfect and infinite and unchanging. Oh, what a God we serve. God is perfect. He's infinite. He's unchanging. as all of his attributes. We're born with a sin nature and we're hopeless under his wrath. But God became flesh himself and he took his punishment for our sin because of his great love for us. And anyone who believes in Jesus will be saved. Down in Brazil, there was a mother and a daughter and they were cut off from the city. They lived out in the country and her daughter looked forward to the day Oh, the day that she would be able to leave home and move in to the big city. And her mother dreaded it. She knew what it took for young girls to survive. And the day came, and against all of her mom's pleadings, she left. And she left with very little. And she didn't come back. And we know from the other side of the story that her daughter did get sucked into everything her mother was afraid of. And so her mother could not sit by. Because out of her great love and out of her great hate for the very thing she knew her daughter was wrapped up in, her mother took action. And so she emptied her bank account, and with the very little that she had, she went to a photo booth, and she printed out as many pictures of herself as she could, and she cut out all the pictures of individuals, and she went into the city, and she began tucking them into the light poles of every corner on the red letter district and she would go to the bars and she would pin them up and she'd go to dirt cheap hotels and hourly hotels and she would stick them up on the tech boards just a picture of herself and one day her daughter was coming down the stairs from a motel and she saw a face that she recognized and it shocked her and when she pulled the little picture off the tech she flipped it over and read whatever you've done Whatever you've become, it doesn't matter. Please come home. And a daughter was reunited with her mom because her mom hated the sin and loved her so much that she took action and went to where she was. If that's you, if you're the daughter that was really determined, that wanted to worship your own life and have your own authority to be the master of, of your own life, and the commander and captain of your own ship, if that's you, you have a Father that is calling you, that became the perfect image, the perfect visible image in Jesus Christ, so that everyone could look to Him, and they would read a message on the cross, that says, whatever you did, whatever you become, come home, come home. Turn your eyes heavenward, because you will see friendly eyes looking back at you. Give your life to Jesus tonight. Get yourself a Bible tomorrow and plug into a church this Sunday. He loves you. He wants more than just a life insurance religion for you. He wants you to have a relationship with a perfect, infinite, unchanging God. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the reuniting of a mother and her daughter one that we get to look at and remember how much you love us. Oh, Lord, that we would celebrate. And if there's anyone in here who does not know you, call them, prick their hearts, and may they see your face. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to all of you who have subscribed, shared episodes, and left reviews. If you would like to learn more about Elevate, you can visit us at iloveelevate.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for everything you do that brings faith, hope, and love to the world around you. Now go, follow Jesus.